Well, where do I begin with a chaos that's going on like that? Oh, my goodness. Well, let's start with geopolitics uh, for a second, then we'll, we'll segue ourselves into Daniel. Um, let, me, let me briefly explain kind of what's been shaping up. Um, you have the globalists on one side, right? And you have <clears throat> them wanting to go to a global government, wanting to go to a digital currency, and basically includes the West, basically United States, Canada, most of Europe, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, all that. And then there's a split now in the world between oil producing companies, or sorry, not companies, countries and the globalists. So you have not only Russia, but in alignment with Russia, you got China, India, Iran, now Saudi Arabia, and many of the Latin American countries like Argentina, Brazil, and even Mexico are aligning themselves with oil-producing countries versus the West, who's trying to, to get us all off of fossil fuels and get us onto electric and all that, that junk. And what you're seeing develop is a split in the world that is eventually going to lead to World War III. Now, let me explain this. In, in the book of Revelation, there are actually three world wars. The first one happens at the beginning in the sealed judgments. There's a world war there, and then there's a, a, a world war at the middle of the tribulation that Antichrist gets involved in. He takes three global kings out, and seven others submit to him. So that's world war, uh, a world war there. The last one in the tribulation, the third one, is the Battle of Armageddon, which is the last and great battle of all time. And that's where the Lord comes back and actually gets into that battle himself. So we know that the Bible predicts three more world wars. And the, the setting that's happening right now is heading in that direction. So let me explain a little bit further. This will impact our economy. Because the oil-producing countries like Russia, like Saudi Arabia, like Iran, Iraq, all these, these countries that are grouping up together do not like what the globalists are doing. They do not want the globalists in charge of the economy with a digital one because they can do what they did to Putin. And what did they do to Putin? Moved him off of SWIFT. And, and right now, I think this last week or the week before, seized 600 yeah 639 billion dollars from Russia when they had their assets spread out in uh, bank accounts in Europe like in Switzerland and different places like that they shut them off to their whole uh you know reserves in other countries now what the oil producers are seeing is saying, wait a second man you did that to them and we're not a fan of Russia we're not a fan of Putin but they're saying, look, if you did that to him, you could do it to us. China is not going to have that. Neither will India. Neither will Brazil. Neither will Argentina. And neither is Mexico, for goodness sake. They're not having it. And so these oil producers are saying, wait a second. We're watching America destroy their own economy by, by hyperinflation, modern, modern monetary theory, printing off more and more money, and they're destroying the dollar. Well, guess what? When we got off the gold standard, 1971, we went on the petro standard. So our dollar is attached to the petrodollar. And right now, the oil company, not oil companies, countries, see what we're doing to our dollar, and they're saying it's not worth anything. We're, they're wanting to get off the petrol dollar and go to something different. Like I, you saw in the prophecy update, some of them want to go to the yuan, uh, the Chinese currency. Russia now is selling their gas and oil for rubles. It will not take anything except uh, rubles. And so there's a fight happening right now uh, between the globalists and the oil producers. And at the same time, America's slicing its own throat. We, 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 because we're... We're so into this going green thing that we want to get off of electricity, sorry, uh, gas and oil and go to electricity by 2030. That's insane. What, what will that, what will that do to our economy? Well, I can tell you what it's going to do to your food. Cause if all the manufacturers and, and use trucks and they're all gasoline powered or diesel powered, what are you going to do? 
No one's making electric diesels or uh, things like that. You're going to have a food problem, a supply chain problem. And with what they're doing in the Ukraine, they're already causing a, a lot of supply problems because Ukraine is a breadbasket, man. They make a lot of the wheat and a lot of uh, sunflowers and things like that. So there's a lot going on here. So we're watching this dynamic happen. And at the same time, a lot of the talking heads are clueless. I mean, think about this. And I get it. I get why they're clueless. At the same time, we're, we're being drawn in to a war with Russia. We're brokering a deal with Iran and Russia's leading in that brokering of the deal. How does that happen? It doesn't make any sense. We're getting ready to go into a war, and yet we're dealing with Russia on Iran. And, and if that happens, we're, Iran uh, is going to allow Russia to put nuclear power plants in their country, a la nuclear weaponry, not power plants. We got a problem. So that comes to, to our doorstep as Christians. And as Christians, we can go one step further. We can connect dots. We know where this goes. And because of that advantage, it brings the responsibility to us. I get it. A lot of Christians are checked out. I get it, man. They're asleep. They're zombie land. They're not paying attention to what's happening. In fact, they don't even care. They're indifferent to what's happening. But here's, here, here is where we're at. Here is the time that we're at, and we have a responsibility. And that's what you're going to see today in the text with Daniel. Daniel was called for such a time as he was called in. He is the man for the time. He is the person for the time in which to deliver a message to Belshazzar to interpret the handwriting on the wall. And like we talked about, the handwriting on the wall has already appeared. We're looking at this text, and it's a message from God. And obviously, Belshazzar has had a, uh, a feast, an orgiastic feast, using the utensils from the temple, the cups and bowls. He was desecrating it. And basically, he was taking a shot at Yahweh, challenging Yahweh by doing this. He didn't use any other articles from other foreign gods. He used the God of the Hebrews, Yahweh. And he desecrates them in this drunken orgy, challenging God. And so the writing on the wall appears. They freak out. They're, they're afraid. They don't, they, uh, Belshazzar can't even stand up. He's so afraid. And then the queen comes in and says, look, there used to be a man that can interpret these things. He did it for your grandfather. And I'm sure he can interpret this. But what's happened? Daniel has been basically put in a situation for the last 22 years where Belshazzar didn't want him, didn't need him. So he put him away, shelved him. But here's the thing. The Babylonian soothsayers and sorcerers cannot interpret the handwriting on the wall. And so they've come to the end of themselves. And they need someone to interpret this. And that's where he becomes the person for that time. And that's where you and I are at. We are here for a reason. This stuff is going down. And you know it. You see it, I'll show it to you. And what does that mean? Then you gotta be like Daniel. You gotta be a person for the times that we're in. That's what we're being called to because you know what? If we don't do it, no one else is because the rest of the church is, is a lame duck right now. They're not involved. They could care less. And so now here are you and I, and who's gonna do it? If not now, when? If not, if not me or you, who then? That's what the rabbis used to say. Well, here we are. So what I want to see is that we are in a signs of the times and we are called to this for a particular reason. Now, this happened in Jesus' day and the religious leaders missed it. Look what Jesus said to them at the first coming. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him, asked him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. You can watch the weather, but the Messiah is standing in front of you and you should have known that you're in the first coming era. 
How should they have known? Daniel predicted it. In fact, Daniel was so accurate, that is why the wise men who were trained by him century, a uh, year, hundred years ago, hundreds of years ago, knew the timing when Messiah would be born and showed up in Bethlehem to worship the king. They knew it, but the religious leaders didn't know it. There's a reason why, and I will show you. It wasn't because they didn't know the scriptures, they wouldn't receive the truth of it. And the very thing that happened to them is the Messiah came and they totally were clueless. We're now close to the second coming, close to the rapture, close to the tribulation, and we have the same problem. No one is discerning the signs of the times, but you and I can fill in that gap. Here's the principle I wanna start out with. God always has a person in the right place and at the right time to do what? To give a message of maybe grace, maybe a message of truth, or maybe a message of a warning of a judgment that's coming. In the case of this passage, Daniel chapter five, it's a warning of judgment. This Belshazzar has went too far and now he's going to be judged. There are times where Daniel will give message of grace to Nebuchadnezzar, messages of truth, but now Belshazzar, his grandson, has went too far. He has crossed lines. And you think about our country, have we crossed certain lines that only end up in judgment? I think so. We're crossing lines that you just don't come back from, guys. There's no rectification of it. And, and, and so what ends up happening is judgment is coming. So how can we be this person like Daniel? There's three things I wanna point out. Let's start with the scriptures, verse 13. This is chapter five. Again, we did the background last week. So today we're just right, picking up right in the story. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. Now, the member of the background was this. His mom told him, look, there's somebody out there named Daniel that can interpret this. So that's why he's bringing Daniel in. This is Daniel's opportunity. Remember, he's been shelved for 22 to 23 years. No one's heard a peep out of him. And that was on purpose. Belshazzar doesn't like Daniel, nor does he like the Hebrew God. And so he has pushed that all away. Daniel influenced the whole school of the Magi, and they pushed that influence away to bring in his own team, his own administration. So here's the principle we first have to work with. We need to seize the opportunity to speak the truth when people are afraid and having no answers. What happened back then? They went through everybody and they came to the end of themselves and they were freaked out. And so they finally turned to Daniel. That might be a situation with us right now. The talking heads don't have all the answers. They can only go so far. They can't go into the spiritual realm. And so a lot of people in this world are confused and they're afraid. That, was, that, that, that fear is what they use to plunge us in two years of nonsense. Is that fear. They used fear. So the people are afraid. So then what happens? When there's a period of time where there's a, a, a people are afraid, then God wants them to come to the end of themselves so they start looking to people who actually can tell them what's really going down. That's where you and I come in. This world will finally exhaust themselves. They have no answers. They, they look at the geopolitical realm and they can't figure it out. You and I can, we know where it goes. So the opportunity will come to you. You might be feeling you've been sitting on the shelf for a long time, but now is the time where God's gonna say, here it is. Now take advantage of it. And that's what Daniel's doing. After 22 years of silence, he's now gonna speak a major truth of judgment to Belshazzar. Now let's talk about us. If we're gonna have this opportunity, and it is in front of us right now, you have to be equipped to know what you're talking about. You have to understand to be able to connect dots. So for instance, you have this article saying uh, to fight climate change, which is a hoax, okay? U.S. other rich countries must ditch fossil fuels by 2034. Now, here's the thing. What does the Holy Spirit tell you about this? The Holy Spirit puts a check in your spirit and says, they're lying. They're lying. And so what they're doing is, this is not about uh, going to clean energy. This is about, controlling the human population. That's what really this is about. Now, the world thing, well, we're going to clean up the environment. No, we're not. 
because the evidence points that this is all made up. The evidence points against their arguments. So, but what, what's the problem? Most people just buy into the, the narrative, don't they? Our job is to tell people this is what they're trying to do. It's not what Greta Thunberg says. So there's where your responsibility is, is to tell them this is for human control. How about this? White House warns of global food shortages after Ukraine invasion. It's true. I mean, Ukraine is a, is a breadbasket, but I'm going to tell you, more shortages are coming because of what they're doing to our economy and wanting it to go green. You understand, this is called green fascism. Okay? Green fascism. All of it will be under the guise of saving the planet. And so what's going to end up happening, what if they go and say, look, man, all the truckers have to move from gasoline to electric. How's that going to work? It's not. The food supply won't be coming anytime soon. And they're going to make excuses of these wars that they want for this is the lack of food. Really, what is this truth about it? It's for controlling people. You control food, you control people. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's what they're doing. But you have to be able to tell people this. How about Klaus Schwab? Jan Mark had a good article about this. The globalists need a war. It's true. They always need a crisis to go to these things, right? They used what happened with the, the pandemic to create a crisis to get the, the things rolling for them. And now they need a war. And that's what you see going on in the Ukraine. Look, man, I've told you this before. I'm not a fan of Putin. He's evil. But they're doing a lot of this to incite him to start a war that gives them an excuse to go to global government. Because in their, their minds, they're saying, that, look, we can't have rogue nations acting like this. we got to put a stop to it. And the way we're going to put a stop to it is seize their assets, shut their economy down. That's what we'll do. So it, it's giving them an excuse for getting control of things. How about this? Again, we have to speak out against this. They're now saying that Christians in the Ukraine trying to witness to the Ukrainians are weaponizing humanitarian aid in order to share the gospel. See, they don't want to share in the gospel anymore. And so the narrative they're running against is that we're doing something bad over there as Christians, sharing the gospel, trying to get these people saved. Oh, you're, you're, you're taking advantage of them at a, a desperate time in their life, and they're emotional and everything. You understand what's happening. The call for us now is to evangelize, not to, not to be afraid of saying, oh, we, would, we don't want to weaponize evangelism. No, we have to get as many people on that rescue boat before it's too late. Time is running short. And see, the, so we have to go against the narrative and go against it and tell people, you need to get saved before it's too late. So all of this is what we have to be doing, right? And this is what we see in the world. Here's another thing that's coming down in the pipe. This is called the central bank digital currency. Now, what's going to happen through this, and I talked to you about Biden, Biden's uh, uh, executive order a couple weeks ago. He told the government to go out and explore how to do this, how to build the structure. You know what happened? They came back to him right away and said, we already have it done. The estimates on the digital currency it were six months away. May, maybe not, but I can tell you it's in the future. But imagine United States where the central bank digital currency is now ran by the Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor reserve, your banking will be done with the Federal Reserve and not local banks anymore because they will control the digital currency. Well, I, that doesn't frighten me. Okay, okay, let me tell you how that works. They're going to use green fascism, remember? And because of that, your ESG scores must be compliant to ESG, and you must have diversity, inclusion, and equity in your portfolio. In order to do business transactions, you will have to comply. If you do not, 
If they see your social media, if they see you buying the wrong things, if they see you purchasing too much of something, they will restrict it and say, you know, based on your ESG score, uh, Mr. Smith, we're not going to be able to loan you any money because your ESG score says that you're a right-wing fundamentalist. And we don't like that. That goes against our narrative. This is how controlling it gets. Americans don't have any idea what's coming. But you do, because you know why? This was predicted in Scripture. Now, it sets up the whole tribulation, obviously, and we won't be here for the tribulation, but we're seeing the groundwork, aren't we? So watch this. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, are, are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from uh, Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? Very condescending. Like I told you, he doesn't like God and he doesn't like God's followers, just like our world, right? They come against them. And look, look at, are you one of those? Are you that Daniel? You know, it's, it, are you one of the slaves that my father brought from uh, uh, Israel? You one of those? You're like a second-class citizen is the idea. He's, he's very condescending. That's how evil this guy is, just like our world. Are you one of those born-again Christians? Are you one of those right-wing fundamentalists? Are you? Oh, we know what kind of person you are. Anyway, look what he says. I have heard of you, that the Spirit of God is in you. Now, this is, your Bible's not translating this correctly. Um, he's not affirming that he has the Holy Spirit inside Daniel. He's, a, he's saying this. I, I, I've heard of you that the Spirit of the gods is in you. He's a polytheist, so he's, he's just saying, hey, you know, you, you, you're working with some God or whatever, giving you information, and I want that information. That's all he's saying. But in our interpretation, Daniel is working uh, with the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working through Daniel to be able to interpret this. And this is a key thing I want to bring out to you in just a bit. It's the key of being able to be like Daniel knowing the signs of the times, connecting dots. How come Christians don't know how to do that? I'll show you. Anyway, he says, you were excellent in wisdom, uh, or excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not give me the interpretation of the thing. That's right, because the world comes up short on God's information. Humans can only go so far in their thinking. They are limited, and so that's why they come up short. They always will come up short, and that's why they turn to Daniel, and that's why they're going to turn to you and I to tell them what's happening. And I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. So he gets it. So what's the principle? The principle is this. We must acquire the wisdom of discernment or in other words, spiritual truths, the ability to read spiritual truths from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not going to seem on the surface that easy. I'll show you how this works. But like I said, um, most people are not discerning what's going on. Okay, They don't understand the fight we're in. They don't understand that liberty is at stake. Our country is at stake. Everything is, is on the table right now. We're looking at going to a new world order. So this is from 1 Corinthians. Paul is going to explain to us how to have discernment, how to have wisdom to be able to connect dots in the world. Also to connect dots in Scripture and to apply Scripture not only outwardly, but in our personal lives or in our families, or in our communities, or whatever. Most Christians do not know how to do this. And basically what they do is they end up knowing a Bible story, but they don't know how to get the spiritual truths out of it so they can apply it. When they can't do that, they don't have wisdom. And when they don't have wisdom, they go blind to what's happening out in this world. So Stay with me. This is the most important part of the sermon. I want to show you how to do this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. 
Now, those who are mature are those mature believers. So in essence, he starts off his argument with it, this. You have to be a mature believer in order to do this. A carnal, worldly, immature, Laodicean believer, those types of categories can't do this. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He says, look, this information that you're going to get doesn't come from people in this world. Doesn't come from Joe Biden. Doesn't come from Putin. Doesn't come from any of these people trying to figure things out. It comes from God. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Now, what he's saying is, look, we have access to information that comes directly from God, not from humans. And because we have this access to the information that comes from God, it is, it is a mystery to the world. They have no idea the things you know. And the things you know have been revealed to you. And to anybody who wants it, anybody that wants to know these mysteries, God has revealed it. But the world doesn't want it. But we do. And look what, look what he says. He goes on and he gives an example of this. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay? So, like I said, how did they miss the first coming of the Messiah, the religious leaders, Pontius Pilate, uh, the high priest, all of them that did this to Messiah? What did they, they not understand? It wasn't that they couldn't read the scriptures. They read Daniel just like you and I are reading it. They knew the calculations just like you and I did it. But what stopped them? It's one thing to read the scriptures. A pagan out there can read the scriptures and read about the stories of Jonah and uh, you know uh, Noah's Ark, and they can read the stories of the Gospels or read the book of Revelation. But what will be their problem? They have no discernment. They will not be able to pick out the spiritual truths out of that. Keep following me. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches, or basically the Greek is saying he examines. What does he examine? All things. What are all things? The deep things of God. So the, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Obviously, because he is God, has access to God the Father, God the Son, their thoughts are his thoughts. He knows everything that the Godhead knows. So that's why it says he examines all things. He knows the deep secrets and mysteries of God. For what man, so basically spiritual truth is the idea, okay? For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of a man which is in him? What, In other words, it's saying this, man only comes up with his ideas from his own conscience or his own spirit. He doesn't have access to the Holy Spirit. So he's limited on what he can do and what he can say in connecting dots. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God, okay? So it'll be the Spirit of God that reveals these things. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. He dwells us, right? that we might know the things that have been freely given to, to us by God. So here's what it's saying. The Holy Spirit can give you this information. He has the ability. He, can, he searches out the things of God the Father, God the Son, and can reveal spiritual truths to you in concert with reading the Word of God. Okay, keep following me. These things we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. And what does he do? The Holy Spirit comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, the way, uh, probably a, a better translation of this would be that the Holy Spirit combines spiritual truths with spiritual words from the scriptures. Now, hang on to this thought. What he is saying is this. When you read your Bible and you're going through it and you're reading the story about whatever, um, death of Lazarus, okay, you're reading that story 
it's one thing to know the, the, the story of the death of Lazarus and how Christ resurrected him. But the Holy Spirit, as you're doing that, connects spiritual truths with the word. It can only get these spiritual truths by the Holy Spirit. That's why a pagan can read the Bible and not understand it because he's not being revealed the spiritual truth or he's not allowing the Holy Spirit to do it. And the same thing is true with believers. This is why reading the Bible is incorrectly taught. So people will get on this thing. I'll read the Bible in 365 days, which is great. I get it. But all your, if you do not know how to discern the Holy Spirit revealing spiritual truths to you, you'll know stories, but you won't know spiritual truth. You still will not be able to discern the signs of the times. When we teach our kids over there in Sunday school, we are teaching them the basic stories because we're, we're setting a foundation for them. What foundation? Once that foundation is established, then in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, can the children then use that foundation and connect the words of Scripture to the Holy Spirit revealing spiritual truths to them? That's what's missing in Bible reading. This is why people can read the Bible and can't apply it. This is why people don't understand, well, what does that story of Lazarus mean for the world? What does it mean for my community? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for me? They can't do it. They're limited. And it blinds them to what's going on around them. Oh, they have an accumulation of knowledge and facts, but they don't know where the, the spiritual truths come from. So the Spirit does that. He takes the words and then brings spiritual truth to them. But notice the next phrase. But the natural man does not receive. Or in other words, welcome. Or he has no receptivity, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And being spiritually discerned means one who cannot evaluate spiritual things. Now let's back up and explain this. The natural man, talking about unbelievers, but I also can throw in believers as well in this category because the key to receiving spiritual truth and discernment and wisdom is a person's receptivity to the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you how this works. If a person is reading the Bible for the first time and say they're an unbeliever and they're reading it and it says Jesus died on the cross for their sins and he's the God-man and he resurrected and they can read that and understand the knowledge of that. Okay, the Holy Spirit then will take that and convict them. It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. You need to receive Christ, you need to receive Christ, you need to receive Christ. That's what's going on in the heart. But the person, if they're not receptive, saying no, 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 no will not learn that spiritual truth. They will know about the death, burial, and resurrection, but because they deny the Holy Spirit revealing that spiritual truth to them, they will reject Christ. That's what happened with the Pharisees. That's what happened to religious leaders. They knew the text of Daniel, but because it said, no, 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 they rejected their own Messiah because they wouldn't receive the truth that he was there in front of them. Now let's bring it into to believers into Christianity. This is how it works. When you read the text, let's say prophecy, which is one third of the Bible. Right now, we're having a major problem in Christianity not knowing prophecy. Because why? They don't even read it. But if they do read it, you know what happens? They read it and it says, uh, it's gonna be a one world government. There's gonna be a cashless system and antichrist is coming and all that. And you know what they do when they read? No, 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 no. Why do they say no to that? Why? They don't want their little lives messed up. Because when you look at prophecy, it's telling you, man, this is going in a certain direction and there's no changing it. That means that when they're, they have their, their, their thoughts about retirement, going to the Bahamas, sticking their, their feet in the sand with an iced tea and, and traveling all over the place, you can't do that when you're reading prophecy. Because it's saying, this is what's happening. A one world currency and they're already starting it now? Yeah, uh-oh. 
That means my economic situation is going to change. No, 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 no. They resist the Holy Spirit showing them it's true, it's true, it's true. Why did so many Christians miss the pandemic? Why didn't they have any discernment for that? But why? Yeah, there were sheeple. I get it. But wait a second. If all believers have the Holy Spirit in them, how come they didn't get the same message that you and I got? Here's what I get. I did. I saw what was happening. I didn't know what's going on, but I had a check in my spirit from the Holy Spirit. And he was saying this. I'm not, I'm not, he wasn't talking audibly, but the check in the, was this. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. So what, did I, what am I supposed to do when I get a check in my spirit? I'm supposed to evaluate it, go to the facts, go to the evidence, and figure out what's going on. And that's what I did. Now, when you, the Holy Spirit checks you, it's your responsibility to figure out why the check. You just don't go on checks. That's, that's, that's irresponsible of you because then you won't know why. He checks you, and then I got I to gotta verify. Okay, he checked me. Okay, boom, boom, boom. So when I verified, and you verified, what did we find out? By the first month, I was telling you, and, and we're telling the internet, this came out of the Wuhan lab. Because he said, something's wrong. Evidence? Yes. Lab leak. Canada. America. All Wuhan lab. Gain of fun. It's, okay. Same thing with the vaccines. Trump goes on Operation Warp Speed. Check in my spirit. What was the check? It's too fast. Biden opposes it, and then when he becomes president, takes it over and starts pushing vaccines on everybody. And what did the check in my spirit say? Something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. Go and check out the, the, the experts on this, and they're saying there hasn't been enough clinical trials. It usually takes five to 10 years to do a vaccine before it's approved and put on the market. Oh, they didn't have those controls. They lost a control group. They didn't have that. They were just experimenting with people. How did you know that? Holy Spirit was telling you. But how come everyone else didn't listen to him? Fear. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Can't be happening. Can't be happening. And that denial of what the Holy Spirit was revealing to people made them blind to what was happening. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So the idea here is one you want to have spiritual discernment and to be able to evaluate things, what's going on in the world, you have to receive what the Holy Spirit's checking you on. That's the issue. It'll do, he'll do it in your own life. He'll check you about something, say, don't do that. Why? Well, if you bullhead, go ahead and do it. You're going to mess yourself up. But he's going to work with, with, with you. The, the, the passage continues on and says this, but he who is spiritual, that is a reference to mature believers, okay? It is not a reference to just everyday garden variety Christians. It is referring to only those who are mature can understand this. The, the he who is spiritual judges all things. Notice what it says, judges all things. Why? Why can't a mature believer judge all things? Because he's downloading information from the Holy Spirit who's connecting it to the scriptures and connecting the dots and showing the believer, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, this is what's happening. So that you and I can actually evaluate all the things that are happening in the world and know what's behind it. That's the idea. But look what he says. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. So what's going to happen? You're tracking with the Holy Spirit and the scriptures. He's revealing things. That's wrong. This is wrong. This is evil. Whatever. What's going to happen is unbelievers, immature believers, carnal, worldly, Laodicean types of believers. I'm giving all the categories of different types of believers. They will judge you. They will judge you. And he says, yet no one can rightly judge you. Because why? Why can't they judge you? Because they're not getting that information from the Holy Spirit. They're actually resisting him. They're resisting it. So what do they do? 
they judge you. Understand, there's people in this town, pastors in this town that judge us. They judge me as a right-wing fundamentalist. They judge me as a nut job. They judge me as a cult leader, whatever they want to say. But here's the thing. They're on this level of carnal, worldly, Laodicean because they're talking from their ignorance. They're talking because they don't listen to the Holy Spirit. So what the first thing they do is they're going to judge because they have no clue what we're trying to say. No clue that we're trying to help people. And what are they doing over there? Playing patty cake? Pretending nothing's happening? You think I'm going to take a, a, a criticism from a, a skinny jeans, mohawk-wearing goofball? You think I'm going to take that? Their, 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 their criticism of us is this right here. They have no right to judge because they don't even know what they're talking about. How goofy. But this is what it says. They have no right to, and they won't have any ability to judge you. Now, they'll try to do it, but at the end, God will justify you that you are right. They're going to call you all kind of names. And yes, it's going to come from other believers, but they, he's saying they don't have a right to do that. For who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? See, a mature believer that's connected to the Holy Spirit and downloading that information, um, uh, he's being instructed by the Lord and it gives him the mind of Christ. Look what he says. But we have the mind of Christ. Not every believer has the mind of Christ. Only these types of believers have the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? It's simply this, a way of viewing life by being receptive to the truths of God's word. That's it. So in a nutshell, this is what it's saying. If you want to be like Daniel, a man for the signs of the times. The Holy Spirit offers wisdom to all of us, or spiritual truths, in other words. Wisdom doesn't mean understanding what the scriptures say, per se, but it's the understanding of spiritual truth and the application of the scriptures. This allows a believer to know God's what? His objective, his plan, his purposes, his activities in the world, discernment from right and wrong, and the application of the word. It's a big deal. Therefore, acquisition of spiritual truth or wisdom requires you and I being spiritually receptive to the Holy Spirit revealing truth to you. That's the only way. So why are so many people checked out? They're simply not receptive to what he's telling them. And we have a major problem, don't we? Like I said, why did so many fall for the COVID narrative? Here's Dr. Robert Malone. I mean, he's one of the guys I researched, right? He's, why would I not study the inventor of mRNA? But yet, this guy's been silenced, right? They don't want to know his information. Here's what he ends up, he's writing a book, and he, this was in an article. He says, there was basically a hidden global coup using mass formation psychosis, propaganda, corporatism to remote transhumanist agenda and the fourth industrial revolution. That's what he said they were doing. And by the way, the evidence now proves that. Robert Malone is right. I don't know Robert Malone's spiritual uh, st state. I don't know if he's a believer or not. But boy, how did he sure figure that out? How come so many fell for it? I was down in LA yesterday. You don't want to go to LA. I'm just tell you right now. They're all still wearing masks. I'm walking in, I'm walking in these stores, people have these masks on. I'm like, what in the world are these people doing? I said, you're nothing but a slave. Slave, 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 everywhere. They had no clue. They don't realize the game that was played on them. Why? Because they can't discern spiritual truth. They reject spiritual truth. How about this? When they tell you, you know what, we gotta, we gotta cut off our carbon emissions, and so we're not gonna drive our gasoline cars or tractors or whatever, and, and we're gonna get on the electric, and you can get a, a Tesla. And by the way, if you buy a Tesla, I'm not gonna tell you that it comes with another $15,000 price tag because the battery will wear out the lithium battery, which we can't get lithium here. We have to export it or import it, I'm sorry, from places like Afghanistan. And that because your battery is going to wear out and that new battery costs like fifteen to $20,000. not telling you that. And then they don't tell you that you can only go so far in an electric car and there's not a lot of uh, things to plug into because there's no infrastructure for it. 
But check this out. You know the truth. What does the Holy Spirit tell you about this? It's not true. And what what word would he uh, would he attach that not true to? Simple. Genesis 8:22. The Holy Spirit then if you viewed this and said, "Oh my goodness, we got to cover carbon emissions." The Holy Spirit said, "That's not true. Let me show you." And he'll take you to Genesis 8:22 and then show you God after Noah's flood promised Noah that after this is all said and done, here's what my promise is to you. Seed time and harvest, cold and hot, and all the seasons will go until I end it. No one will be able to affect hot and cold. No one will be able to affect the seasons because I'm breaking a promise that I am in control of it. And that's the truth. That's the spiritual truth. So the spiritual truth would tell me they're lying. And, and, and look at how bad they're lying. They want to cut carbon emissions. If one volcano goes off on our planet, one, okay, it emits more CO2 than all humans in 15 years. Now, how stupid is that? That we're going to cut carbon. Every time they, we have a major blow up in a volcano, it's over. Start back to number, start back to the starting gate. See the game? How about this? People don't know the signs of the times. They don't know how close they really are. I mean, look, dude, when, when they're saying words like you can't buy and sell, you know that comes from the Bible? You know when they use the phrase peace and security, like ad infinitum? That comes from the Bible. They don't even know they're using the words. They don't even know. Can't discern it. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. What's he doing to him? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some, some money if you'll tell me the interpretation. He's bribing him. Okay? This is what the world does. They bribe us to comply, to get what they want out of us. Look at Daniel's reaction. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself. Give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation because why is he doing it? Because God called him to do it. He didn't need to be bribed. He doesn't need their money. This idiot, Belshazzar, will be dead in one hour from now. He will. And the guy's so stupid, he's thinking, I'll, I'll give you the third highest position. You're going to be dead. What position can you give me? All your money is going to now uh, Cyrus the Great from the Medes and Persians. Nothing you give me is worth anything. But see, what the world will do is play a game with you. Hey, man, if you just keep your mouth shut, I'll let you exist. I'll let you have your little, your little life. You just keep your mouth shut. Someone was telling me uh, this week, um, they ran into somebody that was in another church and another Bible study. And this is interesting. They were saying the dynamics of it. So in this Bible study, there were this one gal, you know, upset about what's going on in the world, right? And going to say, I'm going to speak out against my employer for all this transgenderism. I'm going to speak out against these vaccines, these masks and everything like that. I'm going to speak out against it. You know what their Sunday school class did as they sat and drank their little coffees and ate their little donuts? Did they say, yeah, go for it, man. Tell them what, it, what, what, tell them the truth. You need to be quiet. You need to not say anything. You need to comply with Romans 13. Um, you, yeah, you don't understand what's happening. You just don't need to say anything. That's what they're saying in Bible studies, guys. It's not in one of our Bible studies. I can guarantee you that. That leader would be gone. That's what's going on in the other churches, man. They're playing patty cakes with the world. And they have no idea what's going on. They're sitting there pretending that Everything's going to be okay. We can just keep drinking our coffee and eating our donuts and plan trips to Europe. I mean, seriously, you have to be oblivious to what's happening if you think, oh, my plans to Europe got messed up. I wanted to travel and see Italy. You fool. There's World War III getting ready to go down. Are you not aware of that? No, they're not. Because they kept saying, no, 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 to the Holy Spirit. As he said, yes, 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 it's happening. But here's the deal. You and I in this world cannot go there. We cannot be bought off. And here's the thing. They might not offer you money. 
they'll just offer you canceling, okay? Sometimes you will be bribed with money. Well, you know, you know, hey, if you stay quiet, you can keep your job and you keep your benefits and all these wonderful things. So there's a bribe right there, right? But the other thing is you'll lose your job or we'll censure you and you can't say these things. That's what's happening right now. So Richard Levine, the man pretending to be a woman in our health secretary department, um, all these Christians came against this situation Primarily the Babylon Bee. Do you ever watch the, uh, sorry, read the Babylon Bee? It's funny. It's a satire. I love it. It's so funny. But Seth Dillon's ahead of uh, Babylon Bee and basically in a joke because it's satire because man of the year. Well, he got shut down by Twitter because of that. Canceled. Tucker Carlson, canceled because he went and said this guy's a man. Uh, Charlie Kirk, canceled. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, canceled. Everybody that went against this man pretending to be a woman and saying he's just a man got canceled. That's the world we're living. That's, that's the bargaining chip. Oh, if you don't want to be canceled, then don't say anything. Look at Putin. Now, he's an evil dude. And I believe he might be possibly Gog of Magog, okay? But I'm not a fan of his. But look at he even pointed out, even Putin, as evil as he is, sees it. He says, Putin says West canceled J.K. Rowland and they're trying to cancel Russia too. They did. They did cancel. You know what? When when McDonald's pulls out, who do they affect? Putin? No, they affect the Russian people. It's so stupid. They don't even know who they're affecting. But then, you know, what what was J.K. Rowland's thing? Okay. Well, she wrote the, the, the Harry Potter series. Okay. Made billions of dollars off that. But she's a feminist. Not that I agree with feminism, but she she made the right call on this. She was upset with these men trying to be transgender. And she was basically saying, hey, man, all the women's rights we fought for, you're destroying by a man pretending to be a girl. And you know what happened? They went all out on her, man. They canceled her. Everyone was, all her fans were disassociating from her. Not that she cares because she's got billions of dollars. But, you know, it's true. This is what they do to you. You mess up one thing, even if you're on their side, they will eat you alive. That's the bargaining chip. Now, understand in Daniel's time, Belshazzar could have killed him. You give him a negative report of what that handwriting on the wall means, dude, I'll kill you. So Daniel's going into this with his head possibly being lopped off, but he says, not care. I'm 82 years old. I'm going to tell you what God told, wants you to know. That's the issue. And I don't care about the ramifications or the consequences for it. That's what you and I have to be. And, the, and he, Putin's right. The G7 froze it. It's now, it's not 500, it's 639 billion. Anyway, let's, in, let's uh, stop there. I'm going to give you an illustration. Those are the three things. If we're going to be like Daniel in this world, first of all, you're called now to such a time as this. It's time. It's time to act. It's time to do something. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get involved in anything. Okay. Whether at work or whatever, you, it's now time. Okay, so that's what Daniel, he got called in. And look, you might be sitting there in obscurity like Daniel for 22 years, right? And like, I don't know how God's gonna use me. But now is the time. He's saying, I wanna use you now. Get up, let's go, let's move, let's speak. You're running out of time. The second thing is, if you're gonna be like Daniel, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to tell you these truths and then apply it. I know it's hard reading the Bible, but let me ask you this on a personal level. When you're reading, whose side do you take when you're reading the story? Like, for instance, if you're reading the story about Jesus debating with the Pharisees and then the disciples are clueless and they, they don't have a clue and they're, they're lacking faith in the whole debate, they don't know what's going on. Where do you put yourself in that story? Good question. Because most people will put themselves right next to Jesus. Yeah, I would not be like the disciples lacking faith. I'm with Jesus and look at those bad men coming after him. I'm right there in the story. That's not where you want to put yourself in the story. If you do that, you won't listen to the Holy Spirit because you think, I don't need to hear anything because I've got it figured out. You have to put yourself in the religious leader's story. That is you railing against the Messiah. That is you denying him three times like Peter did. 
That is you getting on your knees and worshiping an angel like the apostle Paul, uh, sorry, John did. See, you have to put yourself in those positions in order to receive the spirit telling you what the truth is in that text. The text is telling you there's a degree of Pharisee in you. There's a degree of Sadducee in you. There's a degree of denial. Remember what you did on Thursday? That was denial. You remember what you bowed a knee to? Remember that? Your job, your work, your employer, that, that's like John bowing to an angel. And when you start reading the Bible like that, it gets heavy. And the Holy Spirit's, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you. That's how you have to read the Bible. It's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to get past your issues. Let the Holy Spirit show you them. But what happens when people get shown their issues? No, 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 that's not me. No, 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 that's Sally Two Trees over there. That's my husband. That's not me. And when that happens is they deny the spiritual truths being shown to them. You got to have that if you're going to discern the signs of the times. If you're going to connect dots and you want to know what's going on, you have to do that. You have to self-introspect and let the Holy Spirit just show you everything. And lastly, you cannot be bribed. Now, what do I, where am I going with this? Guys, things are going to heat up, man. They're going to heat up for us as a church. I'm going to bring down heat on us because I won't shut up. Okay? I'm going to keep, keep doing it. And we're going to take some stands that might cause the LGBT mafia to come after us. You know that Tastry's bakery next to us? The woman and husband who own it come to our church. Okay? Their lawsuit about not baking a cake for an LGBT is probably going to go to the Supreme Court because the plaintiffs are not backing down. They're part of the LGBT mafia. Okay, they're going to take this all the way, just like they're doing with the guy in Colorado. And they've taken it many, many times and they just keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. You will finally realize how evil the LGBT mafia is when they start doing death threats, when they start coming in front of our church protesting, because they will. Once they find out she goes to our church, guess who they're going to target? Us. Are you going to be okay with coming to church when there's an angry mob outside? I'm just warning you. Are you okay if we have to double our security because they're making death threats? I'm just telling you. They did it to her before. They'll do it again to her. She had to have constant security around her because they were making death threats because they really want to kill her and anyone associated to her. You okay with that? Let me ask you this before I even, that's an extreme case that possibly could happen to us because we're supporting her. We're going all the way with her. We're not going to let leave her out in the lurch and let her deal with this on her own. We're going to bring her in. We're going to bring the, the comfort and support that she needs, but we will pay a price for it. You okay with paying that price? How about this? When they say that we don't want you driving your cars on Sunday, Are you going to still drive to church? In the trucks, right? Because they're going to say, look, man, we're going to find you by you going on Sunday. We told you no one can drive on Sunday morning. That's a hit towards the church, right? You know, that's total. You can see the writing on the wall. They're going, oh, yeah, you know, just like, you know, you can't sing or you can't come to church, but yet well, I could go to Costco but I couldn't be in church. It's the same thing. So now they're going to say you can't drive on Sunday to church. Oh, okay, gotcha. Are you going to be okay with driving to church and getting a fine by policemen out here? Are you okay with that? Because it's coming. And this cake thing, it's not going away, guys. My job is to prepare you for this. Now God is sifting the church. He's getting rid of the Laodiceans. He's getting rid of the carnal believers. He's getting rid of the worldly believers. He's getting rid of, of immature believers and saying, I'm going to prove it through these tests that the, I'm going to put the churches through and we'll see who's left. You are the remnant. We have to fight. We have to connect dots. Now, here's the thing. 
God says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of anyone who can hurt the body. Be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's who you fear, not man. If you're ready for that challenge, good. That's where we're going. To be like Daniel, to tell this world, the handwriting's on the wall. If you don't come to faith in the Messiah, you will be plunged into hell come to earth in the tribulation, and then you will die and go straight to the lake of fire if you don't come to faith. You ready for that? That's what's coming. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn from Daniel. His guts to tell Belshazzar the end was near. Wasn't bribed, was in communication with the Holy Spirit who was revealing these things. Help us to be that way. Give us the strength to carry on like that, to face all the persecution that's coming our way. And I pray if there's anyone here, Father, that doesn't know your son as Savior and Lord, they would come to faith in him, understand he died for them on a cross, paid for their sins, was buried, rose on the third day, and gives everlasting life to anyone who will simply believe in him. We pray now in Jesus' name, amen.